People like games. What's up, folks? It's Reggie with People Like Games, back with another episode of Story Mode. This week, we're talking about a few Brits who worked their way into Nintendo to create one of their most innovative games as we look at the history of Star Fox. Let's get into it. While we all know Star Fox is a classic Nintendo IP, the story of Star Fox features another major player with the British developer Argonaut Games. Argonaut was founded in 1982 and had published a few games with notables including the Star Glider series for PC. This would eventually set the basis for Star Fox. You see, Star Glider was one of the first successful attempts at 3D gaming, placing the player in the cockpit of a starship. Because of the limited software of the time, it obviously doesn't compare to the 3D of today, but Argonaut's continued work towards 3D was what kept pushing the medium forward. When Nintendo released the Game Boy in 1989, a 17-year-old Dylan Cuthbert of Argonaut was tasked with breaking down the new system, bypassing its copyright protection, and somehow figuring out how to create 3D graphics on that little box. According to Cuthbert, Argonaut's policy at the time was basically, get your hands on a new system and find out how to make 3D work on it. And if the fact that he was given this task as a 17-year-old makes you feel as bad about yourself as I do, you'll feel even worse to know that yes, Cuthbert did it. Basically just another version of Star Glider, this time with tanks, Argonaut founder Jez San made a few moves and ended up in a room with a Nintendo rep and the X prototype in hand just to show off what his company was capable of. From there, Jez and Cuthbert were flown out and Nintendo even took on publishing for the game. But that wasn't all. Argonaut had impressed Nintendo big time, enough for Miyamoto to show them the SNES early and the pseudo 3D being worked on for the Pilot Wings and F-Zero. Nintendo wanted Argonaut to push the system to true 3D, and after just one phone call back to the UK, Nintendo gave Argonaut permission to create what we know today as a Super FX chip. Not only did this assist in creating true 3D models, which would have been enough, but the chip was also modified for use in 2D games to exceed the SNES's limits. But back to the games now. Right around when Cuthbert was finished working on X, he was sent over to Kyoto with Giles Goddard and Krister Womble to work on what was then called SNES Glider. While their tech was impressive enough to get them in the door, their idea of design wasn't getting them very far. But when you're working with guys like Miyamoto and Gunpei Yokoi, the solution is pretty much right in your face. From here, Argonaut and Nintendo would begin co-developing the game and renaming it Star Fox. Miyamoto himself had a heavy hand in the design, and that began with the Fushimi Inari Shrine. Miyamoto lived close to the shrine, and in his walks through their famous arches, two pivotal concepts were conceived. First, the arches themselves. The basic idea, you see arch, you go under arch. This simple development is present in basically every Star Fox game you can think of and helps add some vision for the level design. Next, at the end of the arches was the statue of Inari Okami, a Japanese fox god. And with Miyamoto's distaste for human characters and deep drama, the fox was chosen as the first character. From here, we can head back to the West for more inspiration. A fan of Star Wars, Miyamoto wanted to emulate the classic series, but like I mentioned earlier, with a much lighter tone. To achieve this, he was thinking of starships and characters as puppets hanging on strings, and the show Thunderbirds from the UK served as a huge inspiration. The puppet idea is still present in some of the latest entries in the series, with the character chat boxes. While it might have seemed like a technical limitation at first, the simple up and down mouth movements of characters is a direct reflection of the puppet legacy still in action. In 1993, Star Fox would release to some massive success. Overall fantastic reviews were thanks to Argonaut's new tech and Nintendo's impeccable game design, selling 4 million copies in five years, 
and taking off into yet another classic Nintendo IP. While Star Fox 2 was canceled, the series went on directly to Star Fox 64, arguably one of the greatest games of all time, and definitely one of my favorites. And while I wish I could say it was uphill from there, Star Fox has definitely fallen on hard times over the years. Unfortunately, unlike some other Nintendo classics, from my perspective, it just hasn't gotten the same love and care that made the original Star Fox so great. At the end of the day though, we've got to shout out Dylan Cuthbert and the team at Argonaut. Not only was the Super FX chip a huge step for Nintendo, even going so far as to bring the young Brits to work full time at their office, but the knowledge they brought to Nintendo's programmers was invaluable at a time where 3D was the hottest thing on the market. But that's all I've got time for today, folks. Let us know what you want to see next for the Star Fox series, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Story Mode. Peace.